Now for an hour of comedy brought to you by Chesterfield, the only cigarette that combines mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste. The cigarette that brings you Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. By RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television. By the makers of Allison for fast relief from the pain of headaches, neuritis, and neuralgia. And by your local Ford dealer who is now displaying the new 1951 Ford, the car that's built for the years ahead. In 30 minutes, you'll hear Duffy's Tavern, but now transcribed its radio's newest comedy show, The Magnificent Montague. The Magnificent Montague, starring Monty Woolley. This is the story of one man's fight against himself. Edwin Montague, the magnificent Montague of the Shakespearean stage after eight years of unemployment, has sunk to radio. He is Uncle Goodhart, incognito, of course, hero of an afternoon program. In constant fear that his fellow old-time actors of the proscenium club may find out he has deserted the ranks for radio. As usual, it is morning in the Montague apartment. And as usual, his wife and one-time leading lady, Lily Boehm, and Agnes the maid await his arrival for breakfast. All right, all right. The residence of Edwin Montague and Lily Boehm. Agnes on this end. Oh, Montague? Yeah, he's up. We just peel the lids back from his baby blue eyes. Huh? Sure, come right up. Salagadula, chickakadula, bibbidi bobbidi Agnes! What is it, honey? Who is that on the phone? Mr. Jarvis. Put him together and what have you got? Agnes! Did you say Jarvis? Yeah. bibbidi bobbidi Oh, no. Jarvis is the president of Edwin's proscenium club. Did he say anything else? Just that he had to see your husband right away. Said it was a crisis. A crisis? Oh, Agnes, this is terrible. What's terrible? Probably one of those broken-down actors finally got a part and they're planning a torchlight parade. <laughs> Agnes, this can mean only one thing. The proscenium club has found out Edwin Montague's secret. You mean that he has two heads? <laughs> Agnes, please. I mean that he's Uncle Goodhart on that program. How could those old fogies find out? They can't get NBC on their hearing devices. <laughs> They must have found out. And now Jarvis himself is coming to tell Edwin he's been thrown out of the club. Edwin's oldest friend. They played Shakespeare together. They shared the same dressing room. Two hams from the same smokehouse. <laughs> Agnes, Edwin Montague is no ham. You're kidding. <laughs> My honey, he's the... Uh-oh, I hear him. He I... The Broadway Limited arriving on track six. Good morning, Lily. Good morning, Edwin. Hiya, Buster. Ah, dear little Agnes. Still with us? I guess there was nothing in that rumor that you were returning to pro football. What a doll. As they say in French, beaucoup schmo. Ah, Lily, when we were first married... You wanted a cocker spaniel, and I wanted a bulldog. In Agnes, we have both. Now, Edwin. Oh, uh, Agnes. <laughs> Agnes, bring 
in Edwin's breakfast. Okay. Saladadula, chickadula. Excuse me, Lucy Monroe. I heard the phone ring before. Who was it? Jarvis. Jarvis? Now, Edwin, you might as well know it. Jarvis is coming up to see you. He says it's a crisis. Lily, they found out. They found out I'm in radio. Edwin. And I've been betrayed. Agnes, have you told anybody I'm Uncle Goodhart? Why, I'm more ashamed of it than you are. <laughs> Lily, Lily, Lily. My treachery has been revealed. I, Edwin Montague, a proscenium clubman have broken the thin, tottering ranks of the defenders of the theater to go over to the enemy. Radio. Oh, what a rogue and peasant slave am I. Oh, beat that breast, Daddy A, to the bar. Well, <laughs> Billy, I've just thought of the most wonderful game for our Christmas party. Ducking for Agnes. <laughs> Edwin, there must be some way. Oh... That's Jarvis. Uh, let's pretend no one's home. No, no, Edwin. You must face it. Agnes, let Mr. Jarvis in. Services will be held at three o'clock. <laughs> Agnes, where is he? He's in there, sir. He looks so natural. <laughs> Jarvis? Montague. Montague. Dear friend, blow, blow thou winter wine. Thou art not so unkind as man's ingratitude. Oh, Jarvis, remember me not as this broken man, but as I was in our first play together. Remember your part? Hamlet. Lord Hamlet. Soft. What noise? Who calls on Hamlet? Lord Hamlet, it is us, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Who sent down for delicatessen? <laughs> All right, Rebecca. Back to Sunny Brook. Farm. Jarvis, for old times' sake, don't be hard on me. Montague, Montague, if, if I could have seen any way out of it, I'd have spared you. But the others insisted. They did? Yes. I had to put down, well, I had to put down $25 for you. $25? What are you talking about? What's the crisis? There's no money for our Christmas fund. There isn't? <laughs> Say, Montague... Jarvis, forgive me. I, I was just happy because, because I'm in a position to give you fifty dollars. Fifty dollars, Montague, you giving fifty dollars? Yeah, he hit the daily double at Hialeah. <laughs> I warned you, Agnes. Just for that, no kennel ration for you tonight. <laughs> Jarvis, my last cent would go to our Christmas fund. Lily and I would gladly go without. Yes, Jarvis. That's how we feel. My father's felt the way you do. Our goal of $1,000 would be achieved. I got 40 cents that ain't working. <laughs> Thank you, Agnes. Jarvis, $1,000? Yes. You see, every Christmas, the Presidium Club raises $1,000 to give to Broadway's neediest act. And this year, some needy comrade will not receive it. In order to live, he'll break the ranks and go into radio. 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 <laughs> cursed be thy name. And cursed be our weak-willed former members who've fallen into thy evil clutches. Members who shall live in the proscenium book of infamy. Traitors to our beloved and embattled theater. <clears throat> Pardon me, I smell airs burning. <laughs> <laughs> Jarvis, 
would it actually be lowering our principles if we asked these former members who are now working in radio to contribute? We need a thousand dollars. They'd give money. Never. Never. That's dirty money. Fool's gold. No, Montague, no. We must take care of our own. They shall not contaminate us who have not fallen. I understand. Goodbye, Montague. Gallant soldier. Keeper of the flame of Shakespeare. Goodbye, Jarvis. Now cracks a noble heart. Good night, sweet prince. Good night, Irene. Lily? Lily, I'll kill her. I'll kill her. Edwin, now cheer up. Jarvis doesn't know you're in radio. He doesn't know, but I know. Lily, they look up to me. Me. Oh, villainy, I am thy chief. I have lost the heritage of my own memory. Oh, come, let us sit upon the ground and tell sad stories of the death of kings. Let out the clutch, boys. Here we go again. <laughs> Agnes. Edwin, it'll be forgotten. Yeah, forgotten? Shakespeare said it. The evil that men do follows after them. Lives after them. Uh, lives after them. Oh, my offense is rank. It smells to the sky. To the heaven. To the heaven. Oh, guilty conscience, Macbeth shall sleep no more. Rest no more. Rest no more. Dream no more. Dream no more. Oh, this is fun. Silence. Oh, Lily, when I think of myself doing Uncle Goodhart, while poor old Jarvis, out of work, broke, has to go begging for money for Broadway's neediest actor. Edwin, time to go to your radio broadcast. Lily, I can hardly face it. I must do something to redeem myself. Edwin, stop torturing yourself. Go to your broadcast. And torture everybody. <laughs> oh, when will this loud-mouthed albatross be removed from my neck? <laughs> Lily, I must salve my conscience. There must be a way of getting that $1,000 for the Presidium Club. $1,000. Well, there must be a way. Yeah, look at the time. I'm on the air in a few minutes. Oh, Uncle Goodhart, thanks to you, Judge Henshaw let Ronald go on that drunken driving charge. Uncle Goodhart, how can I ever thank you? No, no, my children. <laughs> Judge Henshaw was awfully sore when Ronald was brought up to him on charges of being drunk and driving his hot rod 110 miles an hour through the business district, mowing down a traffic signal and crashing into a Chinese restaurant. Golly, he was going to take away my license. <laughs> Ronald, give me the keys to your car. Yes, Uncle Goodhart. Ronald, you let me down. <laughs> oh, Uncle. <laughs> Ronald, my lad, I know you've been pestered by little annoyances lately. The police suspect you're the leader of an international dope ring. When it's really your twin brother. I know your mother went to jail rather than tell the police where your father's counterfeiting gang is hiding out. I know your sister stole your life savings and lost it at the track. But, Ronald, is that a reason to take a drink? <laughs> uncle, I'll, I'll never have another drink as long as I live. He won't, Uncle. 
Here, Ronald, here are the keys to your car. Take Melissa, drive out to the open highway and ride. Ride into the sun and light. So ends another episode of Uncle Goodhart, brought to you by the makers of Shalimar Soap. Remember, there is still time to enter the big Uncle Goodhart $1,000 letter writing contest. Just write a letter beginning, I wash with Shalimar Soap because the best letter will receive $1,000. Uncle Goodhart will be the sole judge and his decision will be final. And now back to Uncle Goodhart and his thought. For the day. When the landlord puts you out on the street with your furniture piled up high and he laughs in your face as you stand in the snow, don't forget to say goodbye. <laughs> okay, Mr. Montague, we're off the air. Uh, thank goodness my stomach can't take the punishment it used to. The humdinger of a show today, Mr. <laughs> you shut up. Yes, sir. Springer. Yes, sir. What was he mumbling? Mumbling? Was someone mumbling? Who was mumbling? Zinza, were you mumbling? Me mumbling? Oh, I wasn't mumbling. Stop this. <laughs> I met my announcer, the gentleman with the marbles in his mouth and the cleft palate that this network has saddled me with. Was the announcer mumbling? Zinzer, you're the director. Was the announcer mumbling? The announcer mumbling? He wasn't mumbling. <laughs> I'm talking about something he was saying at the end of the program about a contest. Oh, that. <laughs> That's a best letter contest. You're the judge. Oh, I'm the judge. Don't I uh, do enough around here without being assigned homework? <laughs> oh, you won't be bothered. Zinza will take care of it. Yes, sir. I'll just pick the winner for you and send them the thousand dollars. The thousand dollars? That's the prize for the winning letter. I wash with Shalimar soap because. Oh, spare me the reasons. Thousand dollars? Zinza! <laughs> Zinza? Yes, sir. What do you mean you will judge? But you said. It was announced to the public Uncle Goodhart was the sole judge. It would be unfair to my listeners if I didn't personally select the prize-winning letter. Well, there'll be oodles and oodles of letters, Mr. Montague. Well, it's a task, Zinza, but it is my duty. You may pick the second prize. Gee, Mr. Montague, you're true blue. An honest-to-goodness, dead-on-the-level straight shooter. Thank you, Zinza. thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. Lily, you have the pen and paper ready? Go ahead, Edwin. Just write. Dear Uncle Goodhart, I wash with Shalimar soap because... Edwin! Lily, just write it down. <laughs> well, I certainly won't. It's ridiculous for you to enter that contest. It is? How can I lose? <laughs> I'm the judge. Edwin. As the gentlemen who inhabit the racetracks term it, this is a boat race. <laughs> right. 
I'm writing it in Agnes's name. It's perfectly legal. Oh, but you just can't take a thousand dollars. I? Lily, it's for the Proscenium Club's Christmas Fund for Broadway's neediest actor. Edwin, I don't like it. It's thievery. Lily, radio owes this to the theater. It's small enough to pay for the havoc it has wrought to our profession. A thief, am I? <laughs> I'm Robin Hood. Now write. But Edwin... Write, Lily. Dear Uncle Goodhart, I wash with uh, Shalimar soap because... Now, just how would Agnes word it? Take this down, Lily. Go ahead. I wash with Shalimar soap because all day long my hands is up to the wrists in chopped meat, onions, and other garbage. Edwin! <laughs> right. As a result, my knuckles and hands is always unsightly chapped. Shalimar soap has re restored my paws to such loveliness and charm. They are the talk of the A&P. <laughs> Signed, Agnes Peters. Now address the envelope. Uncle Goodhart letter writing contest. Care of the Uncle Goodhart radio program. Attention, Uncle Goodhart. You got that, Lily? Yes, Uncle Goodhart. Oh, I can't wait to announce the winner. We'll be back with a magnificent Montague in just a moment. Now here's a word from a couple of good friends of yours. Here we go. Where you been, genius? In some corner drugstore getting your kicks at the comic book counter? What no, no, I was at the prescription counter admiring your picture on the iodine bottle. <laughs> there. There's a delightful picture of you on the Lydia Pinkham bottle, too. <laughs> Seriously, friends, Skin Flint and I, we do agree 100% on this. Chesterfield is the cigarette that everybody ought to be smoking. Right. And they will, Bob, when they find out how easy it is to prove that Chesterfields are milder. Sure, it's the easiest test in the book. Just get a hold of a pack of Chesterfields and open them, smell them, and smoke them. Compare them with the cigarettes you've been smoking, and you'll find that Chesterfields do smell milder, and they smoke mild, too. Chesterfield, Chesterfield, always wins first place. That milder, mild tobacco never leaves an aftertaste. So open a pack, give them a smell. Then you'll smoke them. This Christmas, give Chesterfield Christmas cartons with Bing Crosby as Papa Santa Claus. And now, back to the magnificent Montague. The big event on Uncle Goodhart's program has arrived. He is announcing the winner of the Uncle Goodhart letter-writing contest. Listen. And then, dear listeners... The prize-winning letter ends in the same beautifully phrased, homespun, earthy style. Quote, My lovely paws are now the talk of the A&P. <laughs> and the name of the winner... Miss Agnes Peters of New York City. I have the $1,000 in cash right here, and I'm sending it out immediately by messenger... And to you millions of listeners who wrote letters in and didn't win, this is your Uncle Goodhart saying, <laughs> better luck next time. They're off the air. Uh, 
Gustav Springer. Montague, that letter, how could you have picked it? It was obviously written by a moron. Written by a moron? You moron! The sponsor was quite upset. Good. Now, if you will excuse me, gentlemen, I shall send a thousand dollars off to its rightful place. Yes, Zinzer, as Shakespeare said in King Richard II. I count myself in nothing else so happy as in a soul remembering my dear friend. My good friend. My good friend. Thank you, Zinzer. Thank you. It's you, Edward. Hello, Lily. I was just making a little package of cigarettes and fruit to bring you on visiting day. <laughs> oh, Lily, what a good feeling. I sent the $1,000 in cash by messenger right off to the Presidium Club, care of the Christmas fund. Just a little note attached. Fight on. That's all. Lily, with this one magnificent gesture, I have redeemed myself in my own eyes. Oh, Lily, what a glorious day for me. Ah, here's dear Agnes. Hello, dear Uncle Goodhart. I heard your program today. You did? Get it up. <laughs> Get what up? The thousand bucks I won. Let me explain. Don't explain. My letter won a thousand bucks. Get it up. Agnes, dear. One grand. <laughs> a G. One thousand clams. Now you see, Agnes. Shoot me the green stuff. <laughs> the folding move. The cabbage. Agnes, may I please speak to you? Gladly. Just as soon as you lay the one thousand fish in my lovely and charming paws. <laughs> the talk of the A and P. Agnes, I can explain. Later, make with the shekels. I got a furrier with a squirrel coat I just ordered, waiting for a down payment. Agnes, my dear Agnes, unknown to you, a great and noble thing is happening today. I know. I'm being snookered out of a thousand bucks. <laughs> no, Agnes. It's going to someone who needs it more than you. Nobody needs it more than you. Agnes, search your heart. Somewhere in this cold city, there is a poor, desperate man. I know. He's waiting for me to bring in that down payment on the squirrel coat. <laughs> Agnes, that money went to the Proscenium Club Christmas Fund. Oh, no. I'll have the joint raided. <laughs> Agnes, please listen to uh, him. Think of it. Your money is going to Broadway's neediest actor. Think of this poor actor living in his shabby hall bedroom, hungry, forgotten. His head bloody but unbowed. That money, Agnes, dear, will keep him going. Well, Agnes? Well, Agnes? <sighs> you got me okay. Oh, Agnes. Agnes, you're a saint. I know you always try to appear tough, but underneath there's something fine. I know, and I wish it was covered by a squirrel coat. <laughs> Agnes, it's truly wonderful what you've done. Oh, the door. I'll get it. It's Mr. Jarvis. Jarvis. Montague. Montague, here is your $50 back. We don't need it. You don't need it? Montague, the skies opened up and showered $1,000 on the proscenium club. $1,000? Why, isn't that wonderful? Great. <laughs> it's a miracle. An unknown benefactor's made our fun possible again with just a little note, Montague. Just a little note. Just fight on. Fight on. We shall fight on. King Henry V, Act Two. Remember Montague? 
Once more into the breach, dear friends, once more. And when the blast of war blows in our ears... I imitate the action of the tiger. <laughs> Heaven the sinews. I summon up the blood. I, my squirrel coat. <laughs> oh, Jarvis, you have brought great news to the house of Montague. And I bring even greater news, oh, Montague, noblest Roman of them all. You do? The moment the $1,000 arrived, the board of directors of our proscenium club met, voted, and issued the following proclamation. May I? Read on, dear Darby. Whereas the proscenium club, a non-profit organization chartered by the state of New York, dedicated to the highest principles of the theater, each year selects a recipient of a $1,000 donation as the neediest actor on Broadway. Excellent. Whereas this actor, this year, for the first time... The choice was unanimous. We hereby select a member who for eight years has not worked in a play, yet has maintained his dignity and position by acclaim. The proscenium club votes as the neediest actor on Broadway, Mr. Edwin Montague. I... <laughs> and here, Edwin, is the thousand dollars. Jarvis, wait. Good night, sweet prince. <laughs> Now look, Agnes. You dirty, slimy, rotten, double flunk. Agnes, let me explain. You crawling, miserable, two-timing monster. Now, Agnes. Poor man, living in a hall bedroom. Hungry, forgotten. Please, let me... Head bloody, but unbowed. It's going to be bloody, all right. Agnes, listen to me. Give me the dough. Agnes. Hand over the mazuma. Cross my palm with the green stuff. Agnes, we can't keep that money. It was supposed to go to Broadway's neediest actor. So you got it. Broadway's seediest actor. <laughs> Agnes, be reasonable. Edwin's in terrible trouble. Anything I can do to make it worse? <laughs> Edwin, there's only one solution. The second place winner of that contest must get the money. But, Lily, I won it for the proscenium club. Edwin, find out the second place winner and send that money right away. All right, I'll call Zinza. You've always wanted a bust, huh? Hello? Zinza? Montague. Zinza, stop screaming. No, it's nothing wrong. Uh, whom did you pick as the second place winner in the Uncle Goodhart letter writing contest? Yes, I'll take it down. Oh, well, just give me the name. Who? Yes, I have it. Good night. Salakadula, chickakadula, bibbidi. Edwin! Who said in the second best letter? Put them together and what have you got? Edwin! Whose letter wins the money? All's well that ends well. It was Jarvis. Bibbidi bobbidi boo. <laughs> now, here's a word from RCA Victor. They say that Christmas comes but once a year. But when there's an RCA Victor television radio phonograph combination under your family tree, you'll find it's Christmas at your house 365 days a year. And that's a low estimate. 
For the gift that keeps on giving, it's an RCA Victor combination. It gives you music lovers two superb automatic record changers which play all record speeds. It gives you radio lovers two new RCA Victor masterpieces, AM and FM. It gives you television lovers brilliant, clear reception wherever you live. That unmistakable, million-proof reception which makes RCA Victor Television America's favorite. It gives you lovers of fine furniture, a cabinet so beautiful you'd think the price tag applied to it alone. And speaking of price, an RCA Victor combination costs so much, much less than you'd pay for separate instruments of equal quality that it gives you bargain lovers permanent boasting material. Choose your combination tomorrow at your RCA Victor dealers. And Merry Christmas to you every day of the year. Join us again next Friday, same time, same station, for another transcribed visit with a magnificent Montague starring Monty Woolley, created and directed by Nat Hyken, written by Nat Hyken and Billy Friedberg. Anne Seymour was Lily Bowen. Pert Kelton was Agnes. Also heard in tonight's cast were Johnny Gibson, Gavin Gordon, John Griggs, Anita Anton, and Bob Hastings. Jack Ward was at the organ. Your announcer, Don Pardo. Now visit a while at Duffy's Tavern on NBC.